As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Well, George Herbert Walker Bush has died at the age of 94, and uh, I know it's impolite to speak ill of the dead, but that, uh, that really doesn't apply to world leaders and people of historical significance. The old saying is, the people that doesn't remember their history are doomed to repeat it. And the history of George W. Bush is something we most definitely need to remember so that we don't repeat it. Well, the GOP and, uh, and surprisingly, the mainstream media have been praising George H.W. Uh, Bush to the heavens. It's understandable why uh, the GOP, uh, who's still controlled uh, by the establishment interests, globalists, multinational uh, corporations, would be praising Bush. Uh, he always served the interest of his class, just like his idiot son, uh, George W. Bush, did. Less uh, obvious is why in the world that uh, the mainstream media and the Democrats have been falling all over themselves in order to praise uh, the senior Bush on his passing uh, when during life they vilified him uh, mercilessly like they do all Republicans. And the answer to that, of course, is because they are using the opportunity of the passing of the 41st president in order to compare him unfavorably, or I should say favorably, uh, to the 45th president, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, they're pretending that, um, you know, George H.W. Bush was a paragon of uh, civility and dignity and that they loved him while he was alive. And if only that uh, oaf, uh, that unsophisticated uh, bigot, Donald Trump could be more like George H.W. Bush. What a wonderful uh, place this would be. Um, it's an absurdity if you take uh, some time to go back and research uh, the Democrats and the media at the time just savaged uh, George H.W. Bush while he was alive and, uh, and had very little to say about him um, that was uh, anything but uh, negative and, and unfair. Uh, they, uh, they're saying now that, uh, you know, H.W. Bush was... Uh, um, the the kind of Republican that uh, we uh, we uh, they they really miss, and by that they mean uh, this uh, this definition that they have of a bipartisan Republican, and of course their definition of a bipartisan Republican is someone who caves and capitulates and um, uh, allows the Democrats to have their way. Um, Trump is, is not like that. Trump insists that uh, any negotiations be a two-way street, and he has uh, steadfastly refused uh, to give in to the Democrats' demands. And, of course, the, uh, the media likes their Republicans of the type that will stand there and uh, take all their abuse and not, uh, not strike back uh, in kind. Again, Trump is not that kind of Republican. Trump 
at long last, has stood up for um, Republicans and uh, the working class people that support him uh, and has been giving as good as he, uh, he gets from, uh, from the media. They don't like that one little bit. They would like to turn back the hands of time to, uh, to the types of Republicans uh, that George H.W. Bush and his son were that would just sit there and take any sort of vile insult and, uh, and not respond in kind. But, um, you know, George H.W. Bush, uh, I'm not going to mourn his passing. First of all, he lived to be a ripe old age of 94, and most of us would, uh, you know, accept that right now if it were offered to us. Uh, but even more so, as I said, uh, George H.W. Bush during his lifetime was a member of the uh, establishment class, the economic class of uh, out of um, New England, uh, you know, country club Republicans that always put their interests first and foremost, and probably more than any other president, at least in my lifetime, almost certainly in history, uh, the 41st president uh, was responsible for the rise of globalism and the offshoring of American jobs uh, in order to uh, to chase cheap labor around the world. And he also uh, was instrumental in facilitating uh, Ted Kennedy's 1990 Immigration Act that allowed for the importation of huge amounts of foreign workers to further put pressure on wages in America and, uh, and dispossess the middle class. Um, the legislation was introduced by Ted Kennedy. It was uh, specifically designed, written by, you know, corporate interests uh, in order to, uh, like I said, erode uh, the, the earning power and the negotiating power of unions and working people. And, um, and back in those days, uh, you know, we had bipartisan support for the, this corporate agenda uh, and the the people that uh, wrote the campaign contributions to the elected officials in Washington, um, I'll uh, I'll play you a couple of clips here. You know, uh, George W. H. W. Bush was instrumental. Actually, he negotiated the NAFTA agreement, which was the very beginning of this disastrous globalist trade policy that Washington has pursued ever since, uh, up until the election of the current president. Uh, it was perfectly predictable uh, what would happen as a result of NAFTA and GATT and these other free trade agreements that the globalists were pushing uh, in Washington, D.C. In the presidential election in 1992, um, Ross Perot uh, ran, and he predicted, uh, as did many labor leaders and, uh, and Pat Buchanan and Ralph Nader and anybody else who uh, put the interests of American workers first, that NAFTA uh, would be a disaster for this country. And this is what Ross Perot had to say about it during one of the presidential debates in the election year of 1992. We have got to stop sending jobs overseas. To those of you in the audience who are business people, pretty simple. If you're paying $12, $13, $14 an hour for factory workers, and you can move your factory south of the border, pay a dollar an hour for labor, hire a young 25, that's assume you've been in business for a long time, you've got a mature workforce. Pay a dollar an hour for your labor, have no health care, that's the most expensive single element, making a car, have no environmental controls, no pollution controls, and no retirement, 
and you don't care about anything but making money, there will be a giant sucking sound going south. So we, if, if the people send me to Washington, the first thing I'll do is study that 2,000-page agreement and make sure it's a two-way street. I, one last point here. I've called, I decided I was dumb and didn't understand it, so I called the who's who of the folks who've been around it. And I said, why won't everybody go south? They said, we'll be disruptive. I said, for how long? I finally got them up for 12 to 15 years. And I said, well, how does it stop being disruptive? And that is when their jobs come up from a dollar an hour to $6 an hour and ours go down to $6 an hour, then it's leveled again. But in the meantime, you've wrecked the country with these kinds of deals. We've got to cut it out. Well, it's even worse than that because NAFTA was just the first of many of these free trade agreements. And uh, as uh, as other economies uh, or as our economy became less competitive with the economies uh, we had our, uh, whose uh, trade deals we had already signed, we continued to expand this pool of cheap labor for multinational corporations to chase around the globe and dis, dis, um, disinherit uh, the American uh, working people. I've also got a clip for you here of, uh, of George H.W. Bush's response to Perot, and uh, in it you'll see just how deceptive, I would argue. He, he understood c- completely uh, what the consequences of these uh, disastrous trade agreements would be. Uh, but uh, here's him uh, saying that uh, the purpose of these trade agreements is to benefit American workers. And what I'm trying to do is increase our exports. And if indeed all the jobs were going to move south because they're lower wages, they're lower wages now, and they haven't done that. And so I have just negotiated with the president of Mexico uh, the North American Free Trade Agreement and the prime minister of Canada, I might add. And I won't have more of these free trade agreements because export jobs are increasing far faster than any jobs that may have moved overseas. That's that's a, a scare tactic because it's not that many. But anyone that's here, we want to have more jobs here. And the way to do that is to increase our exports. Some believe in protection. I don't. I believe in free and fair trade. And that's the thing that saved us. And so I will keep on as president. You know, I, I, I believe in free and fair trade. You know, those are, those are just bromides. They don't have anything behind them. There are, you know, hard economic realities. And the economic reality is if you open your markets to foreign competitors whose workforce makes a small fraction of yours, you are going to ship uh, your manufacturing base overseas. That's exactly what happened. George H.W. Bush started that uh, that disaster. Uh, the legacy was carried on by his successors. Uh, Bill Clinton uh, certainly didn't push back on it because, uh, you know, the campaign money is behind this uh, disenfranchising America's workers. Um, the idiot son, George W. Bush, uh, followed in his father's footsteps, and so did Barack Obama. All of these uh, American presidents elected to represent the interests of American people, all uh, basically selling out the interests of the American workers. It was all began by George H.W. Bush, and now I'm supposed to be sad of his passing when, in fact, he uh, he caused so much economic pain and suffering uh, among the people, the workers of this country. I remember when I was growing up in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, there were three big car uh, plants. Uh, there was uh, two GM plants, one at Doraville, one at Lakewood, and there was a big Ford plant down in Doraville. No, I'm sorry, um, in Hapeville. 
there was GM plants in Doraville and Lakewood, and there was a uh, Ford plant in Hapefield, Georgia. Those factories employed tens of thousands of, um, of Atlantans, uh, providing a good uh, wage that people could raise their family on, supporting thousands and thousands of other jobs in the communities. Within about uh, 10 years of passing NAFTA, all of those factories had shuttered, become ghost towns, and the, the production uh, that took place there and provided those, those jobs that you could raise a family on uh, retire with dignity. They were all gone to Mexico. That can be directly attributed to George H.W. Bush uh, starting the ball rolling on, uh, on opening up American uh, uh, consumer markets to uh, foreign producers that, uh, whose workers made a small fraction of American workers. In addition, uh, the globalist H.W. Uh, Bush um, took us to war over the small kingdom in the Middle East, Kuwait, and uh, that had been invaded by Iraq and really started our long national nightmare of being bogged down in Middle Eastern wars that really have no uh, interest or, um, or uh, benefit uh, to America. The reason George H.W. Bush went to war in Kuwait was not, uh, you know, because we were outraged by babies being thrown out of incubators. That turned out to be um, a public relations lie that was fed to the American people. The reason he took us to war is to protect Saudi interests because the Bush family of fortune and the uh, interests of Saudi Arabia uh, are deeply intertwined. And, uh, and we went to war basically to protect uh, Saudi Arabia from the advancement and uh, the encroachment of, uh, of Iraq. Or, uh, yeah, of Iraq. So George W. Bush's presidency was an absolute disaster. It's, um, you know, he got to live to be 94 years old when the sons and daughters of America that he sent to war to protect Saudi kings and sheiks' interests uh, were killed. So again, I'm not going to be um, shedding any tears over the passing of H.W. Bush. Of course, the biggest sin probably uh, George H.W. Bush uh, committed was foisting his idiot son, George W. Bush, on the United States uh, as president. Uh, and, of course, uh, W. Bush continued the disastrous trade and foreign policies of, um, of his dad, uh, took us to the—well, first of all, you know, was asleep at the wheel and allowed uh, the attacks of 9-11, also um, facilitated by uh, the Saudis, uh, turned a blind eye to that, took us to war— um, in Afghanistan, which we had to go get the tal- uh, go get the Al Qaeda in Afghanistan, we did not have to try to occupy and turn the country into uh, a um, a representative uh, form of government that uh, was a fool's errand, and we're still bogged down there. What eighteen years later? But um, uh, the the. Bush family has been a uh, disaster for this country, just a real stain on on our history. And uh, and I'm so glad that uh, Trump was able to keep Jeb Bush from becoming yet another uh, eight-year term uh, of the disastrous Bush family uh, dynasty. George H.W. Uh, Bush uh, took the presidency or, or succeeded the presidency of Ronald Reagan and, of course, uh, undid all of the great work that uh, Ronald Reagan had done winning the Cold War. 
H.W. Bush squandered uh, our the fruits of our victory in the Cold War by um, by reigniting a Cold War, pushing the frontiers of NATO right up to the border of Russia, um, going back on his promise made uh, that uh, to Gorbachev that uh, NATO would not expand. Um, ensuring uh, that when Russia did get back on its feet, uh, they would be able to continue uh, feeding the military-industrial complex by making sure that the Cold War didn't end. So uh, he's gone now. Uh, We should look at it with a very clear eye on the legacy of George H.W. Bush. It has been a disaster. And, And all of the kind words aside that are coming from the uh, most surprising quarters uh, should be thoroughly ignored. Um, this president we have right now is the first president since Ronald Reagan that apparently has the interests of the nation at, in, at heart and uh, is not allowing himself to be bought off by the globalist uh, multinational interests um, at the expense of American workers. Well, that's about all. If you like this um, this video, please like, comment, and share. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to smack that subscribe button. We'll talk to you later. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.